I feel like kind of a fool standing here in a pulpit after having read the passion of Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Because what more can be said? The gospel states it all. The fulfillment of scripture is deeply interwoven into the events of Holy Week. Everything that Jesus suffered, everything that happened to him was already prophesied and proclaimed in what we know as the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. And Matthew goes to great lengths to make sure that we understand this, that because of the Word of God, because it has spoken, everything that happens to Jesus comes to fruition. Even the very taunts of the people at the cross, which we read in Psalm 22, are echoed here, unironically. Let him save himself. So what is there to say in a story that we know so well? Well, maybe there's nothing more to say and it's just for us to hear and receive it, to meditate and to contemplate the deep suffering that Jesus did. Palm Sunday in the life of the church is one of those days in which there is a marked tonal difference. And what I mean by that is we processed into the church with triumphant shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna, singing Psalm 118, the very psalm that the pilgrims to Jerusalem at that Passover feast would have been singing and chanting as well. We hear the story of Jesus' triumphal entry. The king has come into our midst. The king is here. He has come to set things to rights. Everything we do as a church, everything about our faith as Christians, is public. Think about, again, what we just did. We publicly processed. It may not seem like a big deal. We only went from the garden to the front door, which is not a long distance. But we're following what happened on that first Palm Sunday. We're following the the ancient traditions of the early church in processing with these tokens of palms, tokens of the victory of our God. Our faith is a public faith. The central aspect and element of our faith, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, was a very public event. And it was intentionally meant to be public. Because the Romans designed this way of torture. So that all those whom they had conquered could look and see those poor wretches hanging on the cross. And be reminded that the power of Rome was absolute and final. That to cross Rome would be to end up on a cross yourself. And so all this to say it's very public what we do. We've fallen into this habit in the 21st century of seeing our faith as merely a private matter. But as we enter into Holy Week, as we hear the stories, we are reminded about how public our faith is. About how public the Christian life is meant to be. So what is there to say? Well, again, it's hearing that same message that we've heard again and again. That when we gave God our worst, God gave us our best. His best. When we give God our worst, God always gives us his best. The expectations of the crowd were that Jesus was coming in precisely as king to get rid of the Romans, to get rid of crucifixions, to be rid of foreign occupiers and to once again have their glory of their earthly kingdom reestablished. 
our expectations of God are similar, aren't they? We find God to be praiseworthy when God meets our expectations. It's very easy for us to be, Hosanna, Hosanna, praise the Lord, when things are going the way we like them to. It's very easy to be pious when things are going right in our lives. But then our expectations get thwarted, our expectations are not met, are not met, and it's very easy for us to turn from Hosanna to crucify him. So let's not pretend that we would be any different were we in that crowd, because we are in that crowd now. Think of how easy it is for us to turn on one another when someone hurts us or doesn't meet our expectations. But no matter what, when we give God our worst, God always gives us his best. So this Holy Week, I, I want to invite us to reflect, to meditate, to prayerfully contemplate the wounds and the humiliation that Jesus endured. If we had a focus for Holy Week this week at St. James Paris, I would want that to be what we focus on, on his humiliation and wounds. Why? Because there is deep richness to be found in reflecting on what Jesus suffered. Because remember, Jesus' suffering is God giving us his best. Jesus' suffering shows us the depths of what it means to love your enemies. Think about Jesus' inner circle, the 12 apostles. Among them, a betrayer who sold Jesus out for personal financial gain. The leader, St. Peter, betrays or denies knowing Jesus, even to the point where he calls down an oath on himself, which is pretty much saying, may God strike me down dead if I'm not telling the truth. I don't know this guy. I swear on my life. Three times. Jesus' leader of his people says, I don't even know him. And the other ten, they all flee. They all flee. We would never expect our friends to abandon us or betray us like that, but that's precisely what Jesus' own inner circle did. You may have seen the coronation of St. Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth. Some people think she's a saint. She's a good lady. I don't know if she's quite a saint. And the crown is very, very heavy, right? And so when they put the crown on her head, it's very gentle and delicate. It's heavy, and it's a very somber occasion. When we read that the Romans put a crown on Jesus' head, they're not gently and delicately putting it on him. They are pushing it on him. Because the effect is to elicit as much pain as possible. They beat him with the reeds. They scourge him, which is not a mere whipping. It's pieces of bone and glass and metal tied to the ends of a cord of whips to rip off pieces of flesh. They put on a robe on him, so you can imagine all the blood. It's being staunched a little bit by the robe that they put on him, but then they rip it off him to put his own clothes on, and all those scabs are reopened. They beat him, they spit on him. The people who followed him turn on him. They have this false Messiah, Jesus Barabbas. And how often do we in our own life take the Jesus of our own making, the Jesus we like, the Jesus who meets our expectations, over the real Jesus who is 
the King of Kings, the one whose crown is thorns and the one whose cross is a throne. We think about the nails in his hands and his feet, the sheer agony of what crucifixion would be like. When God, when we gave God our worst, he gave us his best. You ever been on a hot day and you come in the house from working in the garden and you're like, man, something cold to drink would just really slake my thirst and get rid of that parched feeling. How many of you would reach for a glass of vinegar? Yuck, right? But that's what they give Jesus. They're mocking him. They're not saying, here, have a bit of water. They're saying, here, if you're so thirsty, let's see if you'll even drink vinegar. And how do they give it to him? This humiliating drink? They give it on him on a sponge on a stick. And we think, well, it seems like an odd detail, but I guess, yeah, he's on a cross. They have to get it up to him somehow. But there's more to it than this. Kind of a providential moment. My brother sent me something, and it was something exactly that Logan said to me. He was reading some history about the history of toilets or something. I don't know, whatever 11-year-old boys read. And he said, Dad, do you, know how, do you know how Romans used to wipe themselves after they went to the bathroom? And I said, no, actually, I don't. He said, yeah, they take a stick and a sponge, and they would, they would clean that way. And my brother had sent me a picture of uh, the work of an academic who said, that whole bit of Jesus receiving a sponge on a stick is actually them giving Jesus that wine on what they used to wipe themselves with. Think of it this way. I don't normally do object lessons, but I went to Dollarette. This is clean, by the way. This has never been used. You know what this is, right? You've got it right by your toilet. You use it regularly. That's what they're offering to Jesus here. Not only drink wine, something, or drink some vinegar, drink it on what we would use to clean our bottoms. That's the humiliation that Christ endured. When we gave God our worst, he gave us his best. By his wounds, we are healed. By his humiliation, we find glory. So let us enter into this Holy Week to reflect on how Jesus suffered and died and did so for the sake of loving his enemies, loving the very people who put him on that cross. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. By his wounds we are healed.